Well, good morning. It's good to gather here in the presence of God and respond to God's goodness. Uh, welcome to all of us who are gathered here in person, but also a welcome to those who are joining us online. Uh, we are thankful for God's call for us to come and to gather as his people. And as we uh, begin our time, just want to share a couple of uh, announcements. Uh, one thing is that this morning there is a, a special uh, worship service. We're receiving students uh, from our confirmation class. So one note of that, the, the, there should be two pages of your order of worship. So if you didn't, there should be one that's the normal, one that says the name of the church up top, and a second one that says confirmation. So anybody need a, a second page? Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, if you find yourself needing one and didn't want to raise your hand, you know, they're still on the table back there. Um, so as part of that, we'll have a special service where we're receiving students um, and as members of the church and profession of faith, but we're also participating in the sacrament of baptism and then of communion. So it's, there's a lot, lot going on. We can be thankful in our response to God. A couple other uh, quick notes that there is nursery available in the classrooms right as you came in uh, to the church building. Um, there's nursery and then also there's children's worship and the children who are participating in that will be dismissed after the prayer of invocation. They can go uh, to the back, back door that Melinda will meet them to take them to the basement. Uh, a couple other things just to mention is that during this shortened time of our orders of worship, uh, we are not having a kind of a formal time of offering and giving. And so if you'd like to give to the work of the church and respond to God's generosity, there is an offering plate in the back, or you can also give online through the church uh, website. And uh, Will Atkins has an announcement on behalf of the deacons about a service day that's coming up. Hey, uh, my name's Will. <clears throat> I'm one of the deacons here. Um, just want to let you guys know, uh, we're looking for volunteers for next Saturday, which I think is the 22nd, uh, Saturday morning. We're going to be doing some work out at the church office patio. Um, weeding, mulching, planting, just kind of some general beautification of that space out there. Uh, we'll be there from 9 to 12 probably, but, you know, anyone's welcome to come and go as they please. If you show up late or leave early, um, you know, we'll be there. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet in the weekly email that went out last week, um, and I assume on this coming weeks as well. Uh, if you want to sign up there to let us know that you'll be there. Um, if you can't find that or, or don't get the email, just feel free to reach out to me or any one of the deacons or the staff, and we can point you in the right direction. So, thank you. Thanks, Will. As, as Will mentioned, if you can sign up for the weekly email or if you have questions, talk to, to Will or to me about next Saturday morning. Well, God's called us to come and to worship, and as we prepare ourselves to do that, let's take a moment of quiet to prepare our hearts to come before God. call to worship is from Psalm 47, and we're not singing in here quite yet, but there is a responsive speaking part, so I invite all of you to stand with me now. God is the King of all the earth, sing your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. 
For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. He is highly exalted. join me in prayer. Almighty and gracious God, whose blessed Son, Jesus, our Savior, came, ascended far above the heavens and reigns over heaven and earth as our true King, we mercifully ask that you give us faith to know and experience that according to your promise, Jesus Christ abides and remains with us, his people, and the church on earth each and every day. Yet often we come and acknowledge that we forget this. We distrust your power, promises, and goodness. We come to you this morning weak and frail from the burdens and trials that we have experienced this week. We are distracted and in need of our eyes being turned towards your glory in Christ and the power of your spirit. We are exhausted and needing to know your strength and comfort in the face of our troubles, and we are overwhelmed by our own sins in need of your abundant grace. By the inspiration and power of the Holy Spirit, help us to seek justice, becoming a people who nourish and clothe and lament. Help us to love kindness, becoming a people who forgive and accept forgiveness, a people who show mercy and live out of hospitality and generosity, and help us to walk humbly with you becoming a people whose identities are rooted and resting in Christ alone. We lift up all these prayers and the prayers of our heart today in the name of Christ, our risen and ascended King. Amen. Amen. Well, the children are dismissed to children's worship at this time. Uh, Preschool class that way and then children's worship behind us. Oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, Chad. No, just children's worship. As we continue to worship, God invites us before his throne of grace to bear our burdens, to bear our sins. Uh, So let us do this both publicly and privately. Our high priest, Jesus Christ, knows all our weaknesses and can sympathize because he was tested in every way We are only without sinning. Loving God, help us come boldly to the throne of grace where we can find grace, mercy, and grace to help when we need it most. Amen. i 
I invite you to take a moment of quiet confession and prayer. Merciful God, we thank you for Christ, our high priest, who goes before us and receives us in mercy and grace before your throne. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me? And we'll say together these words of assurance that come from Titus. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. Amen. You may be seated. Well, you'll notice that this is the time we're going to welcome the students who are being confirmed today. Uh, But before we uh, invite them forward, I just want to take a moment to remind us of what this means and what we're participating in. You'll see a note at the top of the worship supplement page about confirmation. And confirmation is a ministry of the church in which there's three primary kind of goals. One is the recognition of the maturity that, uh, of these young men and young women. And the second is an opportunity for them to confirm the name of Christian for themselves. And the third is for them to join the church by publicly professing their faith and their desire to be part of this church community to not be connected to the faith of their parents, but the faith that they themselves profess. And so we're very thankful for this opportunity to do this, and it's a chance for us to rejoice. But also it's an opportunity for us as a church community to remember our own faith and to remember the faith that has been given to us, handed down by God's people before us in Christ, and that we ourselves can confess together. So as a way to start, then, we're going to affirm our faith. So I invite you to stand with me. You'll see a responsive reading here. I invite you to join in that we can confess and affirm our faith together. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. His mercy endures forever. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Let us affirm the faith we have received. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I invite the students to come on forward and please stand uh, in a row in front of the table here. While the students are coming up, um, I just want to share a little bit about uh, the process that they went through. Um, the students met with Pastor Chad and I for about, um, I believe it was 10 classes. Uh, it started back in September. And uh, we, we looked at these two big questions. Who am I and what is the church? And as we looked at those questions, we, we thought about God's redemptive story through Scripture and also uh, core doctrines of the Christian faith, in, in particular when it comes to faith and salvation. And the kids did a great job. It, it was truly a, a privilege and, and opportunity for Chad and I to walk alongside the students in this. Um, so students, um, let me introduce them real quick. So we have Teo Greco, we have Noah Barbas, we have Elizabeth Worley, we have Lila Lewis, we have Audrey Feuder, and we have Lucy McNally. So it's, again, it's been such a privilege to walk alongside you guys, and we're so excited that you can take these vows of, of confirming your faith and membership to the church. So as we do this, I'll read the six questions, and at the end of each question, together, you'll say, I do. All right? Here we go. <laughs> do you believe in the one living and true God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, and the Holy Spirit? Wonderful. Do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, without hope, save in God's sovereign mercy? Do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and the Savior of sinners, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? Do you rely on the grace of God and the power of the Spirit promise to confess Christ publicly before others and seek to live as a follower of Christ? Do you promise to share fully in the life of the church and to faithfully and to be faithful in worship and service and to offer your support and gifts? And lastly, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church and to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation and to seek those things which make for unity, purity, and peace. Wonderful. If we can have Teo and Liz come over here and the rest of you scoot over that way. Yeah. And oh, yeah, you, know, you, can, you can stay there by yeah. the table. That's, that's okay, yeah, thank you. Um, well, yeah, we should, well, that's, that's, I know that we don't always clap as Presbyterians, but we should express our appreciation for, yeah. Um, it's, as, as Pastor Eric said, I'm very thankful to have an opportunity to be part of the classes with, uh, with all of you. And so this is a reminder to all the students and to all of us that confirmation is connected to baptism. The, the two of those things go together. 
because to confirm, I can take this off, sorry, confirm your faith in Christ is part of what the sign of baptism points to, that Christ is the one who can wash us clean, can give new life, can make us new. And so it is right to see these things as connected. And so the students who have been baptized as children, as infants, this is a reminder to you all that your parents had you baptized as part of the church and this is an opportunity now that you have said yes yourself to that faith. And I remind you of that baptism and remind you that this confirmation is you saying yes to continue to walk in the ways of Christ, to say yes to the sign that was given to you years before you knew what was happening. <laughs> and also, it's also a chance for students who haven't been baptized to be baptized. And so Teo and Liz are going to be baptized at this time. I guess I should put this on. Let me come around. And as before I, I baptize Teo and Liz, just a reminder that God has given us this sign for all of us to be reminded that he is the one who can do what we can't. He can give us new life and to make us new. That baptism is the sign that we are united to Christ in his life and death and resurrection. So let's, let me pray for this these water and this sacrament that God's given. Lord, we thank you for the sacraments that tell us who you are, the things that we can see and touch and understand that help us to know who you are and what it means to be part of your people. We thank you for this water that reminds us that you're the creator of all things, reminds us of your redeeming work in Israel, taking them through the Red Sea to, to freedom. Reminds us of Jesus, the one who entered into baptism with John, rising up as the one who is the Messiah, the Son of God. And now this water speaks of what you do with your people's hearts, washing and making things new. And so we pray that you set this water apart for sacred and holy use, and that for Teo and Liz it would be a special moment, but for all of us who are watching, it would be a reminder of our faith or an invitation for us to rest again in the grace of Christ. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Teo's going to be baptized first. And so, Teo, let me ask two questions. What is your full Christian name? Theodore Tamlong Greco. Okay. Greco. Do you desire to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit? You can kneel. I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we thank you for Teo. We thank you that you've created him. We pray that you bless him and guide him, to watch over him all his days and strengthen him, that he may walk in your ways and be a man of not only of faith, but one of service and love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't you come over? Liz, Liz, what is your full Christian name? Susan Elizabeth Worley. And Susan Elizabeth Worley, do you desire to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? I do. Amen. I invite you to kneel.
Elizabeth, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let me pray for you, Liz. Lord, we thank you for Liz, and we thank you for her union with Christ. We thank you for her faith, and we ask that you would continue to guide her. We thank you that you've made her, that you've been guiding her through to this moment. And we pray that you continue to strengthen her faith through family and friends and to the church, that she may walk in your ways, to be a woman who follows you and loves her neighbor. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as part of finalizing our time of confirmation, Pastor Eric is going to offer a blessing and an anointing of oil to each of the students. This is a traditional way that the church has expressed the sign of the Holy Spirit and also a blessing. Pastor Eric. Please bow with me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for Noah and Audrey, Teo, Lila, Lucy, and Liz. We thank you for their lives, for their fullness of life. We thank you for their profession of faith before us today, and we thank you for their faith they have in you. We know these things are gifts from you. We pray that you would give them wisdom and knowledge um, as they get to know you. We thank you for uh, Pastor Chad and Pastor Eric um, for their time of teaching. Um, and instruction. We pray that you would um, give us as a church um, an ability to walk beside them, to be examples to them, that we would help them, instruct them in their faith. We know in Philippians you tell us, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. We ask this of you. We know that you will um, continue this work in their lives. We thank you for um, the beginning of their faith and the, the time that they um, can express this um, with us today. We thank you for the communities that they live in. We thank you for this group and their families. We thank you for um, the Lincoln Square community. We thank you for this church. And we pray that as they go out into the world that you would help them to love their neighbors, to be witnesses of Christ, to go before them um, in all the ways that they'll walk in the world. We thank you again for this time together um, when we pray blessing on this group of students. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks, Jason. Well, as we conclude this time of confirmation, I invite you to stand that we can offer a blessing to these students. You'll see a, a responsive uh, blessing that we can join in together. Noah, Audrey, Teo, Lila, Lucy, and Liz, we give thanks for you in the name of Christ. We welcome you. May you confess the faith of Christ crucified and rejoice in his resurrection. May we grow together in unity and be built up into the body of Christ in love, to the glory of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
Amen. You may be seated. You all may be seated too. But I encourage you to have, take a moment after the church service to, to offer a greeting to the students and, and, a, and a welcome and a thankfulness for their faith. Also, there is... Um, Column, I think, come on, come on up. The Acts of the Apostles' Lesson comes from Acts chapter 1. Verses 1 through 11. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight and while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The New Testament lesson is from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 53. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are my witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them, and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the word of the Lord.
I'm thankful for a chance to look at God's Word together and thankful for time to be together. We've been looking at the letter of James. We're going to take a break from that this this Sunday and next as we think about Ascension Sunday and Pentecost. Uh, Our passage is a passage that speaks of Christ as the one who is life. And so we're going to look at 1 John uh, chapter 5, 9 through 13. I invite you to turn in your order and follow along there or just listen as I read. If we receive human testimony, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God accepts this testimony. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because they have not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life, and whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. This is God's word given for our good. I'm going to share just a little little more briefly than normal in light of our kind of special service today, but I want to begin by asking you to imagine kind of being surrounded by words encountering or hearing other people's stories, trying to make sense of your own, surrounded by words. This is what the artist Olga Lahn had in mind when she created an art installation called Translation. Translation is this large-scale collage of open paperback books attached to each other in various ways, kind of like a climbing wall of words and of pages, intended that those who would step into the room to feel encompassed to feel like you've become participants, readers, physically surrounded by words or by the stories of others. Maybe asking, what do these words mean? Which ones catch your attention? How do they shape us or guide us or help us make sense of our own experiences? The artist says that she was thinking of life as a narrative and our need to translate our experiences And the uneven wall of words, these different books put together in a variety of ways, point to the reality that our journey, our translating, is often not straightforward. It's not always clear which words to pay attention to or how they are guiding or shaping us. And I mentioned that scene that you can picture walking into a place surrounded by words because our passage today is about words coming from all different places or different directions. See, John writes about testimony, a testimony, the sharing of our experience of of what we know. And testimony or giving witness is an important word to John. He uses it almost 50 times in all his writings, more than half the times that it shows up in the New Testament. And on some occasions, he writes about humans or the church giving witness or testimony. But the center of what John means by testimony is God's testimony. Now, I I don't know about you, but I don't always think about God in that way, the idea that God would give witness to what is true. But that's what our passage says, that God is giving witness to what is true. And John invites us to see that God's testimony is greater, meaning that it's critical to hear his witness if we want to make sense of our own stories, if we want to understand more who we are. 
So briefly, I want to ask, what is God's testimony, and how do we respond? What is God's testimony? Well, you see, maybe in our passage, in these short few verses, God mentions, the word mentions son, sorry, the word son is mentioned seven times. And the son is the center of God's testimony, God's witness. And here is what God says. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in the Son. I don't know about you, but when we hear eternal life, we can often think about it just as this thing in the future, after we die, or in heaven. But Scripture talks about it in a much more robust manner than that, that those who have faith in Christ have eternal life now. That it has broken in to our lives and it will grow and come to completion in the future, but it begins now and goes into the life ahead of us. And this life is in the Son. It's the Son and life are bound together because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So those who have the Son have life, and those who have life have it because of the Son. God's testimony is that he has given us eternal life, and that life is in the Son, which means that we're united to Jesus by faith, meaning that we move from isolation and aloneness to union. We move from being hungry and thirsty without any direction to bringing our deepest hungers and thirst to what is true food, true drink. It means knowing words that will last, promises that are certain, words that will endure even in the face of our sin and death. Everlasting life means knowing and being known by the God who has a love that is steadfast. So what is our response to this testimony? For God declares it to all creation. It's not depending on you or me. It's, it's a gift. And we're invited to respond. There's an author who was writing about Martin Luther and Luther's experience of encountering the testimony of God. Encountering this idea about who God is and what he's shown us in the grace of Christ. And this author was trying to get at the idea of how God, his, Luther's perception of God changed because of encountering and the author she writes imagine you have two ants both of them say they love you but the first ant lives in a very clean house with a white rug on the floor when you come to visit her she opens the door and looks at you very carefully to see if your hands and shoes and face are clean before she lets you in she invites you to have hot chocolate and cookies, but you have to sit on a white velvet couch while you eat. And when you drip a little bit of hot chocolate on the sofa, she gets you some rubber gloves, a big bucket of soapy water, and a sponge. She asks you to scrub the stain, but it won't come off, and seeing that it won't come off, she asks you to leave the house and not come back until you know how to be clean. The author goes on, now imagine that you go to see a second aunt she throws the door open and says, I'm so glad that you're here. Come in. She hugs you even though you've been playing in the dirt. And you get a little bit of dirt on her apron, but she dusts it off. She invites you to wash your hands in her bathroom with her good soap. 
and then sits you at her table. At her table that you can have cookies and hot chocolate. And when you spill a little bit, she gives you a napkin, saying that's not the worst thing that my table has seen. The author invites us to think that this first aunt was how Martin Luther thought of God. But the second aunt was how he began to see God after reading the testimony of God in the book of Romans about the life being found in the Son. If you're like me, there are many challenges to believing the good news of that story. There's the behavior and words of others, especially those who claim to know who God is. Maybe there's our own pride that I can be clean on my own. Or our own guilt and shame that there's no gift that's sufficient for me. But the testimony of God invites us to hear again. God gave us, us sinners, eternal life. And this life is in the Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever, even the dirty, the broken, the sinner, has life in the Son. The testimony of God invites us to, to hear and to remember. God reveals himself in the person of Jesus. And at the heart of the message is the cross. In his Son, God takes us takes us, our sin, our wounds, and death upon himself. The son takes it, but they could not hold him or have the final word. Jesus, the true life, rose from the dead, showing him greater than our sin, greater than the judgments of this world, greater than the powers. Now he is risen and ascended to the highest place. And hear this. This is God's testimony that the victory that conquers and overcomes the world is the saving death of Jesus. And all those who, by faith, cling to the Son, who receive this gift, share in his victory in life. No other gods, no other powers, no other being, and all the world loves like this, gives like this, dies like this. This is God's testimony. And you and I are invited to remember to receive this gift, to walk in light of it. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the graciousness of Christ. And Lord, thank you for your words that speak truth and hope to us. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
response to hearing God's word, we're invited to come to the table he sets for his people. I invite you to stand with me as we can join in our responsive welcome and preparation to come to the table. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our right to give him thanks and praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the good news of Christ is he invites us to his table. During this time, we're, instead of coming forward, we're taking a communion through these uh, package elements. Does anybody uh, who's taking communion need one? Does anybody need one? Tim can bring one to you. Okay. Uh, to hear us hear the good news as we prepare to come to this table. That our place at the table of God is not because we have earned this or somehow made promises that convince God that we'll earn it in the future. Our place at God's table is because of his grace from beginning to end. Christ, in his delight and love, took our sin upon himself, facing our sin and death and overcoming. And so we come remembering this bread is broken and this cup speaks of his blood. For in the good news and the testimony of God, we have a place as sons and daughters because of God's steadfast love. If you know of your need that you cannot be clean or make a space for yourself on your own, if you know of your need before God and have put faith in Christ, then come and eat and drink of this meal. For this table is one of grace set for sinners. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this bread and cup. We give you thanks that you're our creator and our redeemer. We thank you how this speaks of your, the one who gives life and gives new life as well. We come as those who know of our need, who are often overwhelmed by the situations and circumstances of our life, or often tempted to go chase after other hopes or false loves. And so, Lord, by your Spirit, minister to us as we come in repentance and faith. Meet us and lift our heads. Give us the rest and the joy that rests only in your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, you can take a moment to prepare these elements. You can open them and have them ready to receive. If you're not taking communion today, we're glad that you're here and that this is an invitation for you as well to observe the bread and the cup to be reminded of who God is and his work for you in Christ. Well, on the night that he was portrayed, after giving thanks, Jesus took the bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after the supper, Jesus took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Whenever you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. For as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Christ's body was broken to make us whole. Let us eat in faith. Christ's blood was shed to cover all of our sins. Let's drink in faith.
Lord, again, we come as your thankful people. Thankful for your pursuit of us. Thankful that you have offered us the gift of life. We pray, Lord, that we would walk in your ways and rest in your grace. That we'd go forth as those who represent you with our words and actions. That you'd help us to live lives of love of God and love of our neighbor. We pray the Spirit of Christ would strengthen us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, in response to our table and to receive God's blessing, please stand with me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Lord, give us this mind, which is ours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Before receiving God's blessing, just a reminder to encourage you to offer a greeting to the students that were confirmed today and express your thanks for them. Hear now God's blessing. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and always. Amen. You may go in peace. Thank you.